You are listening to the Women of Wonder podcast, where we want to see sisters soar. We hope that you are inspired by this message. So um, what's really neat is the Lord brought this passage to me that we're going to be looking at tonight. Um, and I've entitled this, this message, Resourceful Tapping into His Provision. And this well-known passage from Mark um, was one that the Lord led me to back in May of COVID. And after COVID had hit in, in March and my whole world honestly seemed to be flipping upside down, um, as probably many of you can relate, I was truly wrestling with, with God about how on earth um, he would ask me to plant this church <laughs> in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, not only that, in the city where we were, again, sort of considered, you know, this ground zero as we became, you know, an epicenter for COVID. And what's interesting about this as it relates to my story is that actually after 9-11, God called my husband and I to plant a church in New York City. And that was another sort of crisis that the city went through that was was very challenging and obviously traumatic for many people. Um, and so some 19 years ago, my husband and I planted, helped uh, plant a church in New York City. And now 19 years later, I never imagined that that my call to plant now as a female lead pastor would intersect with this pandemic, that, that really everything would be reshaped. Um, everything we had planned up to that point. And so all of our, our best laid plans that we had made um, for our church, including um, you know, the people that were on our launch team that we started with in, in January, um, where we were supposed to hold our church, got held up with construction and even our funding and denominational affiliation, those relationships were all completely being reshaped once um, COVID hit. And, I'll be honest with you, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. And um, what's interesting though, is I realized as in many other crisis times in my life that I had two options. I could either cling to God, not knowing you know, what the future was gonna bring um, or not. And as I made the first decision to cling to God, this is the passage um, that he brought to me uh, in those early months that we're going to look at tonight. And so I'm going to read this here from Mark 6, 33 uh, through 44. It says, the people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and it's already quite late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. And he commanded them 
all to sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves, and he kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. And he divided up the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. And so as we unpack this idea of tapping into God's provision in this story in Mark, uh, there is a spoiler alert. What happens in the situation where Jesus feeds 5,000 people on five loaves of bread and two fish is both miraculous and mysterious. And honestly, every time I read this passage, I try and visualize myself and the crowds in this story and figure out how all that food got multiplied. You'll see I put a a slide up here of, of what this might have looked like. This event might have looked like the feeding of the 5,000s. And, and I want you, if you look closely, you'll see it's a puzzle. <laughs> it's a puzzle picture. And, and honestly, that's how I feel sometimes about this story. I can't explain it. It's a puzzle. But honestly, I'm grateful for that because it reminds me that the all-powerful God that I love and serve is both miraculous and mysterious, even in my own life. And so tonight, what I really want us to focus on is this idea of what it looks like to tap into God's provision. And, and especially if you are here tonight on this call as a leader in any capacity, this is really an important piece of our spiritual formation and our discipleship to learn how we can and should tap into God's provision. So I, I want us to start with a little bit of context on this passage. So this is our scene in Mark 6. Jesus and his disciples have been traveling and ministering all over. They have actually just come from the town of Galilee previously to the desert of Bethsaida to get some rest, some well-needed rest. And now this large crowd has gathered and they hear Jesus was there, and they came from all over. And, and we know from the text that it's very, very late in the day. And so the disciples, they tell Jesus that he should send the crowds away so that they can go and buy something to eat. And so let's think about this. On the, on the one hand, right, they, they have the right idea. They see a need. They see a real need, right? And, and I know, like, it's often easy for us to see the need, right? We can see needs all around us. These people are, are hungry and so they wanna help. They wanna help fix that problem by, by sending them off and, and recommending that they go feed themselves. But I want us to look at this verse here. I love this verse. This is the verse I want us to hone in on tonight. This is the verse that God had directed me to. Mark six thirty seven. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And one of the things that I most appreciate about Jesus is his directness with his disciples. You see, Jesus sees the needs of the crowd too. 
he could have right then and there provided a huge lobster dinner for 5,000 if he so desired. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. He's a God and, and, and God of miracles. And, and so he could have done that. But instead, he invites the disciples to join him in meeting this need of the many. And so I have to ask myself the question, well, why did he want to do that? Why did he do that? Well, I believe he wanted to teach the disciples, as he wants us to learn, is how to tap into his provision. Now, unfortunately, the disciples jumped to the conclusion that perhaps you or I might have jumped to as well. You know, Lord, are you kidding? How are we supposed to go and spend all of our money on food for all of these people? It's not even possible. How, how on earth could we do that? And I'll admit, when I really think about the disciples' response here, I am so convicted. Because just like them, I am so linear sometimes in my own thinking and my own problem solving when it comes to money or relationship issues or problems. I tend to think of only maybe one or two options. And if they get ruled out or don't work, I feel defeated and helpless instead of asking the most creative God of the universe who I serve to show me other ways. And honestly, it really exposes my own lack of trust in God to creatively provide. And so the first thing that the disciples and we need to do in order to tap into his provision is, is really kind of a no-brainer. It's pretty Pretty simple, but easier said than done. We have to trust that he can and he will provide. I remember when I was out of college and I was working as, a, as an actress, paycheck to paycheck is how I was living. And, and I really struggled with this idea when it came to tithing at my church. I would, would, would often say to God, well, you couldn't possibly ask me to give what I don't have. I, I don't have enough to give. So therefore, I'm not going to tithe. I mean, Lord, you know, I'll tithe when I have enough, when it's not going to be so scary for me to do that. I literally did not believe that God would provide for me if I gave up some of my little to the church. And boy, was I really wrong about that. When I finally started releasing the little that I had back to God, he started multiplying it and always provided me with exactly what I needed, either to, to pay rent or, or pay an electric bill, whatever it was. And we see here that initially the disciples have the same problem here. Their, their answer was literally, we don't have enough. And they jumped to this immediate assumption that Jesus would need them to spend a lot of money to buy food for all of these crowds. I mean, at, at that time, you know, one denarii was about the equivalent of a, of a day's wages for a worker. So they think that Jesus is asking them not only to give up what they have, but I'm sure they were very perplexed thinking that there's no way their 200 denarii was ever going to feed 5,000 people. You see, they were linear and limited in how they approached their situation. And it did reveal a lack of trust that God would 
provide. Yeah, so we looked at um, this first idea of what we need to do to be able to tap into to God's provision. And so now our second piece we're going to look at is this idea of, of needing to believe that God can do a lot with the little that we bring to him. And I think this is, this is a key piece um, of discipleship that we have to get this kind of figured out. And I love that he, you know, he goes out and he tells them in Mark 6, 38, <laughs> look at what he, look at what Jesus says to them. He said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look, right? They, you know, they hadn't considered this. That's that linear thinking. Go look. And when they found out, they said five and two fish, five loaves and two fish. That's it. That's all they had. So I want to ask you, do you ever feel like all you have is five loaves and two fish? Have you ever felt that way? I know that I have. And I would guess we've probably all kind of experienced this at some point or another. But look at what happens when the disciples give Jesus the five loaves and the two fish that they do have. The miraculous happens. The miraculous happens. Jesus multiplies this little for 5,000 people. This is incredible. Look at what it says here in 642-44. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men, and I like to think women too, who ate the loaves. So you see, Jesus turned what the disciples thought was their nothing to offer into something, and then more, and then a lot more. And he wants to do the same thing for you and for me. And so I mentioned to you at the start of this talk that when COVID hit, I was literally mid-church plant. I had transitioned off the staff uh, at my former church who was our sending church and we were supposed to start our church at this new building on east 31st street on may 31st i had already hired a full-time worship pastor who i was moving up from another state so we had two full-time staff he and myself lined up to start work plus um, our, our children's director who's on our call today bianca and not only did half half of our launch team leave the city but our primary source of funding fell through. So we trusted God and there were a couple messages I'm gonna, I'm gonna share with you that God specifically said to me um, during that time, like between like the whole month of April. So we trusted God and we cut back on salaries to get by on the little that we had. And there are so many other stories that I could tell you ladies tonight, like we don't have time, but there's so many stories that I could tell you about how God came through for our church in this time. And there were three distinct messages that he kept literally audibly repeating to me during this time when I turned to him, when I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what was going to happen. He said to me, trust me. He said to me, don't miss what I'm doing. And he said to me, keep going. 
keep going. And instead of focusing, which we very easily could have done on what we didn't have, what had been taken away from us that we anticipated we would have, we took the little that we did have and we watched God multiply the heck out of it. That's what he did. And so I wanna encourage you tonight, because somebody needs to hear this, that God can make what we think is nothing into something. I wanna say that again. God can make what we think is nothing into something. I just like, every time I say that, I'm like, I, I need to remind myself, like, that is miraculous and mysterious all at the same time. And so one of the stories I wanna share with you um, is that in August, so we, we went ahead and started our church online in May. It was remote. We were like, Lord, we don't know what we're doing, but you're going to, you know, we're going to trust you. And so when we got to, um, August, we were kind of trucking along with online services and we were trying to figure out ways to serve our community. So our, our church is Hope Nomad. We are in the location of Nomad, which stands for North of Madison Square Park. And so God put on our heart to figure out these ways to start serving our neighborhood. And just two weeks ago, we had our very first in-person community outreach, and this was a mask and hand sanitizer giveaway in two parks. We went to um, Bellevue South Park, but we also went to Madison Square Park, and we had literally no idea how we were going to fund this because we didn't have a budget. <laughs> we had to strip our budget down so, so much. And so we had no idea. We had no idea how we were going to fund this because we didn't have a budget and, um, we trusted God. And do you know that we raised enough money for 500 masks and bottles of sanitizer to give away all through donations. And it was, it was, it was just a blessing to be able to bless people with an extra mask and extra thing of hand sanitizer um, because there's a need, right? There's, there's going to be a continual need for those things. And so I believe that this principle that Jesus is challenging us with to tap into his provision is not only life-changing, but it's world-changing. It has this, this trickle effect, and it, and it trickles into much more than just feeding those who need physical food. And so I want us to ask ourselves tonight, in what areas are you holding back from Jesus the little that you have to bring to him? That little that you have, that, that he wants to multiply to meet the needs of those around you. And, and maybe, maybe for you, like it was for me years ago, it could be money, tithing to the church or helping someone financially in need. Maybe it's your time. Um, are there people in your life that, that really could use more of your friendship and time right now? You know, we are, are in a season where, where many are experiencing significant depression, isolation, a lack of, of connection, and perhaps they just need a loving phone call or to have a friend to pray with them. And I know there have been times in my own life where I didn't think I had enough time to help someone else, but I, I would give God my time in those moments and he miraculously would double it so that I was able to give more time to another in need. And then God would increase my own time to get my responsibilities done. And so, so again, God wants us to tap into his provision. He can make our nothing into something. And Jesus showed uh, this to his followers by multiplying and providing for thousands through this simple and small offering 
of the five loaves and two fish entrusted to him. We hope that you enjoyed this teaching. We are a community that walks alongside women to uncover and affirm their calling through prayer, teaching, and celebration. Visit womenofwonder.us to learn more.